2: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out podcast. That was to kill Achilles. The song was called Rats. That's off of their recently released record, Recovery, that came out August 11th on Arising Empire Records. Uh, They're a Scottish post-hardcore, alternative, uh, metal, whatever you want to call them. I don't don't know exactly where to classify them. That song particularly sounded like a lot of uh, what I would consider like melodic hardcore that was coming out in the uh, mid to late 2000s, which doesn't quite match up with what they're advertised as, but whatever, that's cool with me, uh, because I think the rest of their stuff has a little more uh, melodicism in the choruses, maybe some clean singing. I don't know. No. Oh. I haven't dove into this record much since it came out. But every time I listen to a single, it makes me want to go back. Uh, I was just listening to their other ones, Chemical Counterpart. And, and I'm an addict uh, recently, uh, last night while I was putting this together. And I thought, man, this is a really good record. I know I liked it the first time around, but I think I'm going to have to go back and listen to Recovery again. There's this record label, Rising Empire, right? It's based out of Germany. It's not new at all, but I'm new to it. And that's where this episode is heading. That's what we're talking about on this one because i got another of their artists heart of a coward based out of the uk they have a new album just came out last week called this place only brings death and i'm talking to their vocalist Khan Tassan, about that the themes the things what we do here on the podcast you know how it works by now but first before we go over there let's stay right here and check in with new jersey's hot zone jackie Instrumental in making this podcast, what some might call successful, is the use of dictionary.com. I'm on it right now. I just had to look up a word. I was going to say spurned, uh, which I mean uh, sparked my interest in, but I think I meant spurred and I wasn't sure which one was right. So I looked it up. I think I meant spurred. I'm still not very clear. Thesaurus.com, dictionary.com, man, I don't know what I would do without them, truly. Which reminds me, I did a back to school night for one of our kids last week. And uh, it reminded me that school's not for me. It never was. I'm not good at it. I'm not smart enough for it. And this is true. People like to argue that, uh, no, you, do, you would do great. You would do great. You're, you are smart. And this, that's not true. Like, we, we aren't all smart. There's a reason there's a variation in the grading scale. And some people get good grades, and others get bad grades. I'm not a smart person. And I'm okay with that. I understand that. I know what I'm good at. It's not school. It's not sitting in classrooms. It's not learning that way. It's just learning on my own. And uh, that's, it's it's very slowly. It's a very slow process, not conducive to sitting there and being lectured or even sitting there being shown how to do things hands-on. It just takes me a while to pick up on things. Anyway, it must be easy to be a student these days. I'm guessing, I'm making this up. Uh, I'd presume with the use of dictionary.com, thesaurus.com and now grammarly which by the way I use grammarly for a lot of stuff this is certainly not a sponsorship but if they're willing to give me money I'll take it grammarly is a is a thing you can use to write stuff and it uh, basically corrects all your mistakes and there's a free version that does a lot of the work for you it doesn't do all of it but it does uh, you know it says hey you wanted a comma here you wanted a dash instead of a space uh, this should be like this whatever you know you get what I'm saying and if you pay for their version it basically writes your articles, your papers, your sentences, whatever for you. And that's pretty crazy and pretty useful too. Uh, I tried it for a little bit, but then it was like rewriting things into a way that didn't sound like me anymore. And uh, according to computers, when I write stuff, I use a lot of passive voice and I don't, I still don't know what that means. I've tried to read and understand what that means a lot of times and I can't do it. I can't do it. It doesn't click my brain doesn't work good enough to understand explanations. So I use that excuse for a lot of things, uh, but it's true. I don't grasp shit. You can tell me a thousand times over and either one, I'll forget it immediately. Like if I don't do it as soon as you say it to me, I'm going to forget it. And you're going to get mad at me for it. And I'm not even going to know what happened. I'm going to be oblivious. It's just kind of the way it is. And I hate it. I wish it didn't happen. It does. Or you can explain it over and over and over and over, and it just feels like nothing is happening in my brain. So, using computers and technology the way we do now probably would have made school a whole lot easier. Definitely college. Although, I guess I did all right in college. I graduated from that too. Though I got an associate's degree, which is like running a half marathon where people congratulate you, but they're like, hey, well, why didn't you really just do it all? And you're like, well, I was lazy. I didn't want to put in all the work. I just wanted to put in enough of work to get the magnet on my car, the degree on my wall. And that's what I've got a lot of. I ran a half marathon. I have an associate's degree, but I kind of haven't graduated college or finished a real marathon. I mean, I, I haven't done either of those things. So, you know, who's judging me for that? Maybe I'm just making this up on my own. Maybe you see it. I used to always see it when I saw the half marathon stickers on cars. It's hard though. Don't get me wrong. I don't know how people do a full marathon. That's like impossible to me. Uh, The fact that I've done a half is amazing. I'm very proud of it. And anybody who's done it should be proud of it and actually respect putting the sticker, the magnet, whatever on your car. That's the way to go. That's the right thing. It's just funny that we celebrate the halfway point uh, through a lot of things, my associate's degree uh, included. Um, But anyway, We're not talking about my educational status or lack of accomplishments on this podcast. We're talking to the UK's heart of a coward, most importantly their vocalist, Khan. And we had a nice quick chat on a, I don't know what day. It was an afternoon. It was a lunch break conversation. It was a quick one. He was a very articulate man. I enjoyed my conversation with him. And I think you will as well. They've got a new record called This Place Only Brings Death out now on a Rising Empire Records. Uh, There's a couple singles for it, but I think the best one to play for you is the first track on it, which is, of course, the title track. So I'm going to do that for you now. This song is This Place Only Brings Death from This Place Only Brings Death by Heart of a Coward. And then my conversation with Conn. I gotta tell you, I don't know that I knew about Heart of a Coward until very recently. Cool. And, uh, and I'm, but I'm glad. I, I always talk about this. Well, I don't always talk about this. Sometimes I talk about how it's cool. I enjoy finding a band who's a few steps into their career because, like some of my favorite bands ever, I heard something I liked and then I worked backwards and yeah. and checked it all out. So for someone like me who is unfamiliar with Heart of a Coward.
1: Can you give me the brief the brief history? Uh yeah sure. Um well we're UK based. Um just from a little like city just above London called Milton Keynes. Um the band was formed in like 2010 I want to say. Uh five albums in um you know been very lucky to be able to tour a lot of the world. Uh if you're into Heavy, aggressive, with a little hint of like prog elements. Uh, That's the band. Uh, We kind of hit a new album this time around. Uh, This place only brings death, which is, I'm guessing, your introduction. Uh, It's my second album with the band. Um, And I think we're kind of really just hitting our stride with like a new, with a newer sound. You know, things have developed, things have moved forwards from, you know, I've been in the band like five or six years. Post-COVID, things have really changed for us creatively um so i would yeah i mean brief history is yeah five albums in some great albums with the old vocalist i was a fan before i joined definitely check that check that shit out um but yeah new albums here things are changing things are moving forwards and uh yeah the band's in a good place
2: Cool. Yes, that's exactly what I needed. And, uh, it, it clears some things up for me because I didn't dig too deep. I wanted you, I wanted to hear from you. Um, and I was wondering why the vocals sound different from <laughs> record one. <to> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a different person. <laughs> yeah. Like that. All right. That clears that up. That, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. But that's very cool. All right. So, um, I, I like what I hear and, uh, awesome. I know that sounds, uh, like a real basic ass compliment, but maybe it is, but, but it's <laughs> yeah, the most
1: important thing. I take right? it, dude. That's fine with me, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me then a, a little bit about you. How did you end up in a space where you would even
1: fall into a heart of a coward? Oh, okay. So um, I've been in bands for a long time, you know, kind of within the UK and kind of Europe circuit. Um, <laughs> I, with my previous band, a band called No Consequence. We played with Heart of a Coward a few times. I've known the guys through the UK scene for a, for a bit, um, and you know we were all on pretty good terms. Um, and when Jamie, the previous singer, uh, had decided to leave, we actually bumped into each other at a show in London. Um, nothing to do with either bands. We were just going to watch a friend's band, and we were kind of having a beer and just chatting and stuff. And he was telling me that he was going to quit, and I was like are you stupid why are you doing that <laughs> uh, and he explained his reasons and stuff and you know i i, I got it um and he was like oh you, you know you should you should apply they're going to be doing public auditions like you should drop drop the guy's a message and i was like no nah, that's a stupid idea why would i why would i do that and then we kind of parted ways i didn't speak to him for it again for a, for a while um but i i i ended up reaching out to to the guys and they were like yeah look it's it's a great idea you know we know what you're about obviously we've play with your band. We know your voice, uh, but we are doing a public audition and um, we want to hear what everyone else has to offer first Mm -hmm. before, you know, they were like, no, there's no backhanded friends getting in. They were like, we want to make sure that we're picking the right person. They need to be able to be, you know, integrate with the band, socially integrate with the band creatively, but also be able to kind of take the band somewhere new. So they knew what they wanted uh, before. Um, So yeah, that whole audition process was pretty, uh, extensive. Um, it was like doing two live, like one take covers, uh, of a, of a couple of the old songs. Um, that was stage one, stage two was writing, um, over a new demo, uh, and they wanted to kind of get the vibe of each person and how they, um, interacted with the band creatively. And And that was actually the moment for me when I was kind of like okay, cool. This could, cause it was a little bit of imposter syndrome up until then. I wasn't really sure whether it was working like the songs, the covers sounded good, but ultimately I was singing someone else's stuff and that never Mm. always really clicks, but it was only when I first heard those first demos and was kind of like, Oh shit. Okay, cool. This is, this is, this could be a vibe like, and then we kind of tweaked them and made it work. And that was the second stage. And then the third stage was going in and doing a half hour set with everybody, uh, just to kind of get get the vibe but yeah that's how i kind of got there it feels like an age ago because it's like five years now so you know it was a while back not so new anymore but um yeah it was it was a process they made sure they put me through the ringer to make sure i was the right person and you know now like i said the band is in a way better place creatively you know socially everybody is all good you know like the it it's uh it's taken a bit of time the the pandemic definitely uh almost almost knocked us almost made us stop but uh yeah no we're back with the new album in, and we're like recharged everyone is yeah. in a way better place uh, we've got a new guitarist uh Dan Thornton who has brought a completely fresh approach to the creative side of stuff and has really like helped the band move into it, move away from the older sound but also still paying respect to it but ultimately we don't want to write albums that we did five, 10, eight years ago, you know, the band is all about progression, moving Mm -hmm. forwards and writing music that we want to hear. And I think we're at a really good creative place where we're, where we're achieving that.
2: I think so too. I think, I think that's pretty obvious when like over the last couple of weeks, I've listened through the, you know, the whole discography and seen the evolution of the band and, and what it sounds like now is uh, just sounds really, uh, really confident and, and uh, professional. And I, and I, I know sometimes like professional doesn't sound, you know, people don't want to hear that because it sounds like there's no uh, personality to it, but I don't, but that is not the case. So I don't, I just wanted to
1: clarify there. No, no, it's all good. I mean, yeah. You know, like we're trying to better every, you know, better ourselves every, every time around. And you know, like there's, um, you know, the previous album, the disconnect for me, you know, hindsight is 2020, you know, when you look back, Well, I'm super proud of it, you know, like as in what what we achieved with it and everything for me. But, you know, being a new vocalist is a big thing kind of coming into a band that already has like a well-respected fan base that all, you know, love the old singer or whatever. But, you know, for me, that previous album was me, like we were trying to take the old sound and like mesh me into it. And it was like some points it really worked, but then some points it kind of, it just really didn't, you know, so it was kind of like, when we were all sitting down with Dan to kind of start the real writing process for this current album, we were like looking at what worked on that old, on the disconnect and where can we go with it and where can we progress to? And, and you know, now I think we're sitting in a much uh, healthier place in terms of like the sound, you know, we've kind of really managed to create, like we worked with a producer as well called George Lever and his whole thing was like, create a world, you know, create a concept and then live and then create music within that, you know, because before it was just like songs that we just put together, put them in an order that we liked. And it was an album, you know, whereas now it was kind of like, it was, it was, we built it, you know, if that's the right way to put it, we had not a concept. It's the wrong way to put it, but like we knew we were, you know, when we we're getting the demos back and Dan's input, With all of his like, he's big into his like analog synths. So like, Mm -hmm. I, I I don't really get it myself, you know. But it's like it's like he's got like a little box that he opens up, plugs a load of wires in, and then gives it like a audio feed. It could be a guitar riff or anything, and then these little little synths just like fuck the sound up and make it sound crazy and just do all these things. And kind of seeing his process was mad. And having you know, we were like, cool, that's a cornerstone of what we want to do. You know, the heavy riffs obviously it was a cornerstone of what we wanted to do. You know, we wanted people singing choruses, enjoying the, enjoying the tracks and kind of having that, that, like that moment as well. So we kind of knew that. And then, you know, we we're but when we started building stuff, it was going to, we knew it was going to be a dark album. You know, we knew there was like, as soon as I started kind of going through my notes and looking at lyrics and stuff like that, it was clear that there was going to be a certain, darkness to it, you know, reflecting on what's happened in the world, reflecting on what's happened in my life, you know, like it's, it was all taking this whole kind of tone. And then when we sat down, you know, when we were like looking at the demos and stuff, we were like, cool, let's, let's dive into it. Let's push these, push these elements and really try and develop something new and, uh, and yeah, inspiring for us. And that's kind of, yeah, the process that we went through for it.
2: That's awesome. I I I understand what you're talking about as far as uh maybe that darkness or the 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 whole aesthetic for the album, judging by the, the album title, the album cover, the just the the colors you're using. It's a different direction than you went on the last couple, right? And yeah. uh I think that's what drew me into it a little more. And there's there's a thing that you're able to do, like you talked about uh like the singing or you know, writing something that's catchy basically you do you do do clean vocals in here but there's a way that they're not they're not so clean that they're annoying which is uh, a <laughs> which is a Thank fucking you. really important thing to me yeah. to someone
0: like me. hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news
2: myself who who like wants to like a lot of music like this but a lot of times you get to the singing
1: parts and it's just just a cringe it's yeah no i know perfect i know i know what you mean man i i completely get what you mean like but to be to be fair one of my biggest inspirations influences vocally is is chester bennington um and the way he does his cleans he has like really quiet you know close intimate stuff but then when he belts he just has this like rasp and tone and i've always been trying to replicate that with my clean singing, especially. Um, and I feel like, you know, that can add to it, but then also like my screaming is quite melodic as well. You know, I, I, I tend to try and scream in pitch, you know, there's, there's still a tonal stuff in there every now and then, but like, you know, even with that and you can add melody within there. And, and so, yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. Like, but I'm also the same as you, man. Sometimes I'm like, this, this is an absolute ripper of a song. And then you get to the chorus and you're just like, why, why are you doing that? <laughs> you know, and I just sometimes just have to press stop, but yeah, that's kind of, you know, we're, but also again, we weren't aiming to do, we're not trying to do that at all. Like, you know, we're trying to play to our strengths, play and create a, a sound and, and a new, uh, you know, a, a refreshing, like still, you know, still enjoying the older aspects of the band, but bringing something new to the table. Cause you know, we don't want to repeat older albums, you know?
2: Yeah. 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 For sure. What you said there about your, your singing or your screaming, your, your, those vocals even being melodic it was really something that I, I honed in on. I, I remember I was running, listening to, to uh this place only brings death the other day and i just remember i was running and thinking i can't tell
1: if he's singing or screaming right now
2: there was just like <laughs> certain spark you know and i and like i think that was very cool
1: yeah thank you yeah 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 i mean it's yeah you know it's just it's just one of those one of those things you kind of stumble across a technique or something when you're just trying things out and you know it sounds cool works for me you know i just just roll with it
2: yeah yeah for sure well tell me about the the album title and yeah. the theme, concept, whatever, if there is one.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 there, there, there is, 100% is. Um, and it's something that was very clear to us. As soon as I started writing the lyrics and kind of trying, laying uh, for some of the stuff, like, you know, some songs I write lyrics before we've even got a track, you know, I just, you need, need to get some things out or or whatever. And sometimes I write, the song gives me a vibe. And then I write to the song, if you see what I mean. But um, everything goes in my, all of my notes go in my phone. I just take inspiration from anywhere, anything that I see in real life or whatever, you know, it it comes from anywhere. But basically this place only brings death is a reflection on on life, on the planet, on earth. You know, like there's nothing more certain than your time is going to end. So this place only brings death. Like everything before that mean, you know, is not worthless, but, you know, as in like, make, make your time count as much as possible is good because the end is imminent. Like Mm -hmm. is essentially the message throughout the whole album. And that's a reflection on, you know, uh, going through COVID, everybody went through a hard time doing all that sort of stuff. You know, there was death and loss everywhere. Uh, but there is a, a strong theme of loss throughout the album, you know, reflecting on life, how people deal with it. Um, and also there's a, a you know, some uh, socio-political angles within there, you know, but I try to write lyrics that kind of have layers within them, you know. So it's not just like so direct, but you could take This Place Only Brings Death as like a pretty bleak outlook. But, you know, within that, there's songs within the album, like decay, which is trying to find like beauty within death and, you know, trying to find those beautiful moments and, you know, uh, but you ultimately we are, you know, you're, we're destined to decay is kind of like the, the, the hook line within that, you know? So it's like, but find your meaning in the worthless, you know, everything we do is worthless. We're just a speck of nothing in an infinite universe, you know, like, so find your meaning within the time that you have, you know, and enjoy it. It's kind of like the underlying message. But ultimately when I wrote those first few, first few lyrics and first few notes that inspired a lot of these songs, I was in a bad place. (laughs) So it's kind of like, Oh, that sounds pretty fucking depressing to me. Yeah. 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 You know, and, uh, and you kind of, and, and when you, yeah, but when you look back at it six months, a year later, you know, you're kind of like the real challenge for me was to get back into those notes, understand what I was trying to say and and ultimately trying to write a song out of it, trying to get some like, I don't know, if you want to call it poetry or like a bit of creative writing, like where, where can it go? What's the message? How's it going to end? How, you know, and ultimately it starts in a dark place, but there is a certain, it, you know, ends, there is light at the end of the tunnel in that sense, if you get what I mean.
2: Sure, sure, sure. I do. And I, I think that's a cool way to, uh, to kind of get the thoughts out and and come back to it and build something off of that. That's rather than rather than the uh, the initial reaction. Because uh, I know I don't know about you, but I well I used to make fun of myself all the time. The way I have my initial reactions, I'm just fucking wrong and stupid about like the, the most basic stuff. And and then like you know I think about it, like five minutes later like why did I think for one second that that was the uh, you know that the right way to go? So I, I, it'd be terrible if I was writing songs and then just putting them out there like that. <laughs>
1: Hey, you never know, man. <laughs> like, you know, you never know. You might hit onto something <laughs> with that.
2: That's true. It's true. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs>
1: well, I noticed that
2: uh, Heart of a Coward manages to land on a few uh, playlists on streaming services, particularly mm-hmm. Spotify, because that's the one I use. Mm-hmm. Uh, how instrumental has that been in? gaining a fan base because I, and I asked that because I'm not a fucking playlist person. I don't know how anybody is. I don't know how people listen to playlists. I want the full album all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems like that must be the way to go. Is that, is that correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, so, so the playlisting side is down to our our record label and has been, um, you know, ever since kind of Spotify and all that stuff became a dominant force for people consuming music. But like, yeah, I think, I think they, you know, that playlists are like absolutely integral to you finding new people because, like, you know, the way I see it is like we're fans, like geek, geeks of music, right? We're musician, like we're we're geeks within whatever you do, right? So, like for me, I'm the same. For me, if it's an album and I want to, it's newest it's a band I love. I'm usually like headphones listen to it start to finish you know even if I'm doing something but I'll have headphones on and I'll be walking somewhere or like in the gym or you know like wh- whatever it may be but I tend to do headphones you know running whatever whatever right um but w- we account for like such a small part of the consumer base of music so like you look at things like I don't know I know just we were talking about it earlier on in the band, but we're on like Extreme Workout or whatever, right? And that is like all of the heavy bands. And and it's got like hundreds of thousands of followers, you know? So like in that sense, those playlists have such a larger reach than any um, like marketing campaign, any, I don't know, social media campaign, whatever we can do. That, that reaches way more people and it, it puts that song... Like right into their ears, you know. You know what I mean. So it's like, sure. playlisting is a is a massive part, but it also, unfortunately, is it's a it's it's gate kept. You know, there's gatekeepers that yeah. look yeah. after it. There's blockers. You know, it's not not everybody gets the playlist. You know, there's plenty of good bands out there that are just that don't that can't get can't break that barrier. Um, unfortunately for us, we have a a very good label that's able to kind of bypass that or has you know ins with whoever is curating those Spotify playlists. But yeah, to answer your question, yes, they're absolutely vital to growing a um a fan base and also like to legitimize yourself to the industry as well. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're very, very important.
2: Well you mentioned that label uh we didn't say it by name, Arising rising empire. And this yes. is your second record, I believe, for this. And you guys were previously I guess, before your time on Century Media, which is, of yep. course, one of my favorite labels of all time. So yep. uh but a rising empire has really made a name for themselves over the last few years and, and releases quite a few records. I've noticed per year. Uh Tell me about working with them. Is that are they, are they UK based,
1: by the way? No, it's a it's a German label. German, I, um, I know it had so, to be
2: somewhere over there.
1: Yeah, yeah, same as Century Media. I think they were they they were U.S. based, but they had a We well, I I remember just because the the handover was done uh, with somebody from Germany as well. So you know, German in in Europe, uh, the German market is the, the biggest consumer yeah. market for uh, heavy metal and all that sort of stuff. So for us, it made sense to go with a European um, label, and and those guys are um they're they're actually incredible. They're like they're hands off there's no creative uh input from them at all like they are you know everything is like yeah do do as you wish you know sort of thing <laughs> like um and yeah they're super supportive they've you know really helped us with the pre, with the disconnect and uh, especially with this album like they've done a amazing job they're literally always on the end of a whatsapp if we've got any questions any 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 issues or anything um you know the it, it, yeah it's been a real, uh, a great relationship with those guys, um, working with them. And, and, you know, like they know their shit, they sign good bands, they release, you know, put out good releases, uh, releases even, you know, like they're, it's, and they, and they're growing, you know? So it's been, yeah, like the past two albums have been great with them. Um, what well, the future holds we will wait and see, cause we've come to the end of our contract, but you know, like that's, that's the way things go but yeah absolutely amazing label and um i have literally no no nothing bad to say about them so
2: <laughs> yesterday afternoon i was talking to uh i was doing one of these with brian slegel who runs metal blade records right was okay. like thing i was just saying like what's the, what's the point of a record label these days mm. but it does but it is so it, it, it can be extremely helpful and like uh points uh point like you're uh, the whole playlisting thing
1: yeah 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 i mean the thing Yeah. Like the, essentially the label is there to kind of help you help open doors for you, you know, like as in that, that's what the label should do. It should support the artist, provide them, you know, with, well, with support in whatever way that they need, but also help open doors and help market you. And that's like essentially the core of a, of a record label, any record label that, (laughs) that puts blockers in your way or like stops you from being creative is of, obviously the wrong place to be, you know? Sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, like uh, they've, they've, they've been super supportive and, and, an incredible label. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely spot on.
2: Where does uh heart of a coward work best? Like you talked about uh, Germany and their love for heavy music. And I think a lot of people know that, that, they, they, uh that heavy music goes well there. Right. Are yeah. you guys, where, where, where do you find that heart of a coward is most popular? Is it at home?
1: yeah i mean our our you know best crowds tend to be in in the u k you know like we're um yeah we tend to do do better over here, but you know like as in it's not it's not like we don't have amazing shows on mainland either like you know we've we've had multiple club shows like in france germany um that have just absolutely kicked off and just you know turned in like sweaty rowdy shows basically and and you know whenever we play like big festivals in like, you know, on mainland, uh, we always get a, a great, great response. So, you know, it's like, ultimately I, th- I think what Harvard coward can do is like any, it, it p- provides any metalhead something that they can enjoy, you know, like if, if it's a live show, there's enough to make someone pull that stank face and at least nod <laughs> their head, you know, it like, and it, okay. it, if anything more than that is, is a win, but as long as they're enjoying it and we're enjoying it, then I'm, then I'm, I'm all good with it, you know? <laughs>
2: Right. Yeah. gotcha. Well, the record comes out officially, uh, September 22nd. Again, it's called this place only brings death on a rising empire. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to with the release of this record?
1: I'm looking forward to playing some shows, man. (laughs) Like it's been, it's been a while, like it's been a while, but yeah, just looking forward to traveling. I haven't left the country for so long. Like it's, it, it felt so strange not being able to just, you know, Cause Europe for, for us is like a couple of hours drive away, you know, like yeah. I've seen it's like two, two, three hours to the, to the border, cross the, cross the channel when you're in Europe, you know, like you can drive to Paris in like five hours. So like, um, it's going to be great to go out, just play some shows, see, see some fat, you know, see the fans, just go out and just be in different countries and just fucking tour again, man. It's like, it's been such a while, been a long time. We haven't toured in 2020, um, so yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting in people's faces and sweating and shouting at them. You know,
2: yeah, of course, all the good stuff. Uh, well, <laughs> then, what is uh, after the record release? What is ahead for Heart of a Coward in 2023?
1: Uh, with the rest of 2023 is going to be is going to be a bit of downtime, um, and then 24 we have. Plans that we, yeah, can't really release. Can't uh, talk anything. about. Yeah. yeah, can't talk about at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there, there's something cooking for the start of the year. And then we've got a nice festival uh, run over summer. Um, So we'll be able to, we'll be on mainland and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, late stage 24, we're looking at a new territory for us, but I can't really say anything more than that. And yeah, we're just, we're working on trying to just travel places and just see see the world and play music at the same time.
2: So there you have it. That was my conversation with Khan and the song you just heard was surrender to failure. That's the third track off of this place only brings death out now on a rising empires. Pick it up wherever you get it. You know what? Is it a rising empires or empire? Is it one empire or two? I think it's just one a rising empire records available worldwide. Thanks to Khan for his time, for his conversation, for his, uh, I want to say patience with me. Sometimes you're talking to somebody. It's like this guy's really tolerating me right now. I appreciate that. And so uh, I appreciate that. Con. Thanks to you for your patience as well. Do you tolerate me? Is this the best you can do? You just make it through. And you're like, God damn, I wish this guy would shut up. I think that sometimes but maybe that's just that little like imposter syndrome. Thing. I have these conversations with people every now and then. Usually it's when somebody has had enough to drink where they say things like, I didn't think you liked me. And I say the same, like, uh, I don't think anybody likes me. So, you know, so it's cool that uh, even if we don't like each other, we can listen to uh, a one sided conversation, me talking to you in your ear. So thanks. I appreciate that. Anyway. That'll be it for this episode of the podcast. It looks like it's going to be another busy week of releasing these things. So keep your taters peeled for that. Uh, Might be some website issues right now, but these things will be fixed. They always are. Be on the lookout for all sorts of things happening at gettingitout.net. Recently put up a new Cannibal Corpse review for Chaos Horrific. My man Rick posted that. So good on Rick. I appreciate that. He is the king of death metal on gettingitout.net and he is always the one I can count on to get these reviews done. So props to him for doing that. I very much appreciate it. Please go read it. See what it's all about. Before we get out of here, you know, you have to listen to a new song and I'm going to pick one. In a different direction than the rest of this episode, I'm going to go to Washington, D.C.'s Day Aches. They are a band that's playing that familiar 90s alt rock sound that is ever so popular right now. Think Hum or Smashing Pumpkins or similar bands out right now like Dosser, Soulblind. You get the idea. And if you don't. Well, you can figure it out with a track that I'm going to play for you now. It's off of their new album, One Last Dream Before Dying. It's out on really rad records. The song is called Everything Blue. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.